Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Work-Life Mindset Podcast. This is Chris. And, you know, before we get going, I wanted to talk to you about this awesome course that we have put together. And if you're looking to make a positive change in your life, but you're not really sure where to get started or you're, you know what you need to do, but you're struggling to follow through on your habits, then the Work-Life Mindset 14-Day Challenge course is for you, okay? It's a perfect start to create a more intentional and productive and a healthy life, okay? We've designed it with five daily practices, and then there are 14 daily lesson videos with daily journal prompts and assessments to hold you accountable, and it's going to provide you with the tools and resources to kind of Get that negative self-talk out of there and start taking action every day so that you can thrive and so you can show up as the highest version of yourself. So if this sounds interesting, check out the 14-Day Mindset Challenge course. It's on our website, worklifemindset.com. Okay, so today what we're going to dive into is an awesome topic I really enjoy bringing awareness of this to other people, and it is that of the imposter syndrome, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about what it is, um, how to identify if you struggle from this, and then how to overcome it, right? Because this is one of the huge ways that we hold ourselves back. It is tied to fear, and we talked about that in some of the previous episodes, but I wanted to, to go a little bit deeper into imposter syndrome and realizing that if you have this you're probably just like internally experiencing or believing that you're not as competitive as others around you um, or as others perceive you to be, right? And that right there should cause a pause because this is all about perception, okay? This comes of like stress and anxiety or overwhelm that's really tied to what we believe others are perceiving of us. You know, I think it's a sad truth in our world today that we don't really identify with ourselves and, you know, we don't even identify with what other people truly think we are. We actually identify with what we think other people are thinking that we are. So it's like two levels removed from even logic because it's not like people are actually saying things to us that give us evidence that we're adapting those identities, although that happens. Usually we're not taking action out of fear for what somebody else might think about us and a judgment they might make about us. And often we never even get the evidence to show that that's true, right? Um, this imposter syndrome really boils down to one of our deepest held beliefs and a paradigm that I think we all live with and some are really in practice of overcoming it. And that is that belief that I am not good enough. Okay. I think it's all come from how we've been raised and civilized. And this is through no fault of our parents or caregivers or guardians, but we were all told when we were young, we were doing it wrong, right? We were all told to straighten up, to walk this way, to wear this, don't wear this, to behave this way. And I don't know that there's another way around that. You know, we all want to need to be, you know, responsible members of society. And as we, you know, are kind of taught that through whoever our guardians and parents might be when we're young, we're constantly being corrected. Our behavior is always being questioned. So our confidence in our abilities to make good choices when we're very young is very low. And we're always kind of like looking over our shoulder, like, Am I doing it right? 
am I doing it right? You know, we, we need that validation. And then even as we become adults, we don't realize it, but subconsciously we're still looking back. Like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? We look to others for validation. We look to the reactions and the words, or even we just make up these perceptions of what others may or may not think. And we have all different kinds of evidence to fool ourselves into, you know, believing that's true, but we don't actually even go the step of asking people or really validating it. And even if we did, you know, because this does happen when people, you know, speak their truths and give us feedback and it can hurt. Um, and those might be direct beliefs that we've picked up from somebody. We, we really got to realize that, you know, we can't control how other people's respond and react. And if somebody judges us, if somebody judges me, I know now that that's more, you know, that says something more about that person than it does about me. Okay. I don't, you know, and if I react negatively, if somebody calls me a name, an imposter, if they say I'm ugly or dim-witted, whatever it is, if I like react negatively to that and get upset, subconsciously, I'm telling myself that's true. And I'm actually, you know, taking on their belief and wearing it as an identity. And that's just not healthy. Okay. We get to choose our identity and um, that just takes intention. But even more than that, it takes overcoming this idea that we are less than and that we are not good enough. And another way, you know, the brain has kind of, you know, grown and evolved to do this is again, tied to fear, right? We're tribal beings. At one point, our survival really depended on being accepted by others. And if we started doing things that caused them to not accept us, if we got kicked out of the tribe, <laughs> um, our survival was at risk. In most cases, we would die. You know, we can't keep the fire going while we're out hunting. We need other people. We need other people to survive. And this deep, you know, long held assumption that we need everybody else to to survive is part of this primal fear that shows up as an intellectual fear and keeps us from taking bold actions, from taking steps that we actually need to take to be healthy, to be successful, to live a fulfilled life and to play big and bold. We really fear that we're going to be judged. We might be rejected and then we might be abandoned. Um, and there's not a lot of evidence to, to show that, you know, and then even in today, you know, like, our brains have not changed much over the millions of years, but our environment has very drastically changed and a lot of our needs are met. And it's okay to go out on a limb and, and speak your truths and be your true identity and stop living to somebody else's norms and live for yourself, right? We, we got to kind of get past this experience of feeling phony. Um, in that act of feeling phony, <laughs> we actually are being phony because we're not living to our true self and, and what we want. So, you know, common signs of an imposter syndrome is an inability to really assess your competence and your skills, right? You always kind of downplay. Again, you might attribute it to like luck. <laughs> you might attribute your success to other external factors like, oh, that's because this person hooked me up or that's because of X, Y, Z. Like we always downplay our own accomplishments for a whole host of reasons. Um, 
we kind of like, you know, berate our own performance. Uh, some of this is just us being critical and judgmental of ourselves, but I, I do believe it's also just a safety mechanism that we build up. We don't want to be that tall poppy. Uh, a lot of us also have this subconscious fear of success and we don't want to stand out. Uh, that opens us up to more ridicule and more judgment, right? Um, sometimes this looks like just having a fear that you're not going to live up to expectations, and that might be expectations of others that you really care about, but a lot of times it's just your own expectations. Um, you know, we have this immovable bar. We don't even set realistic expectations. Um, there's a lot of self-doubt tied to this. And then this is also when we set very, very challenging goals and then feel disappointed when we fall short. And then let that like inner drill sergeant um, come in and just kind of sabotage us and self-sabotage and we stop doing whatever we need to do, right? So if you think you have imposter syndrome, there's some questions to ask to really tie this in and, and understand if this is one of the ways holding you back from taking action. Like, do you agonize over like even the smallest mistakes or flaws in your work? You know, do you suffer from the perfectionism? Do you attribute your success to luck or an outside factor, right? Are you very sensitive to even like constructive criticism and feedback that you might get? And again, do you downplay your own expertise, even in areas where you are genuinely more skilled than others? Do you not make space for that, right? And the imposter syndrome, again, I, I think it, it comes from the way we were raised and it's nobody's fault. <laughs> you know, I don't blame my parents for this. Anybody could have raised me to be a member of society. Um, and I'm very excited and, and grateful that I get to be part of this society and have my needs met. But I got to realize there's a part of my brain that, you know, um, is kind of getting in the way of this, right? Uh, imposter syndrome also kind of manifests in transitions in life, uh, whether it's new work or school opportunities. Uh, transitioning, maybe when you move, right, you move to a whole new place, you are forming new communities, maybe when you're retiring, and you're stepping into a whole nother part of your life, but recognize that usually when you're in some kind of transition, um, even if just a personal transformation, nothing's really changing, but your own outlook, the imposter syndrome is going to come in, right, it's going to keep you from stepping into this new identity to being healthier, to, to being stronger, to living to your course, because you only know this old version of yourself. And there's a lot of fear that, you know, by becoming a new person, you're going to be judged and you're going to lose your tribe. You're going to lose the people that care about you. And I get that. I felt that that has held me back for so long. But I and many others that I'm on this journey with and that I guide along on this journey can if you can just make space for the evidence that is so far from the truth. Okay. The people that love you, love you. Those people will always love you and be there to support you. In most cases, they're going to be super amped and excited when you step into this new identity. And if there are a couple outliers that just don't resonate and maybe do pass judgment on you, then those people need to go away anyways. Again, it's more of a reflection on them that they're jealous that <laughs> you have something that they want and they're going to react in a negative way. So don't, don't really let that come in, right? So how do we overcome this, right? How do you get past the imposter syndrome? 
the quickest and most direct ways to just start taking action, to make a commitment, to make a bold commitment and start taking action. Because again, the imposter syndrome has to do with your confidence. And the only way to really build confidence is to make new commitments, right? It's to grow ourselves. When you make a commitment to something, especially something that you're not wholly confident in that moment you can do, you're going to evoke this courage that allows you to overcome that fear and show yourself you're capable, right? Because you're going to do it. You're going to do whatever you commit to. Even if you fail a little bit, you're going to learn, you're going to pivot and probably keep trying. But it starts with making a commitment. You evoke this courage to show yourself you're capable. And from that capability, you get results, which give you the confidence. Okay. And this is, this is not me. It's actually Dan Sullivan's The Four C's, where it really goes in that order. It's a commitment, which leads to courage, which leads to your capability, which leads to confidence. And you can shorten all that where it's just a staircase of make a commitment, get more confidence, make a new commitment, get more confidence. And you get on the staircase and you keep climbing. If you don't have much confidence, it's because you're not making commitments or you're not making commitments that are stretching yourself that are stretching your identity that are pulling you out of your your comfort zone so taking action is a big one um as is just kind of rewiring some of these beliefs and these thought patterns and this paradigm right when you look at this belief of i'm not good enough you know that's a story that you've been spinning all your life and it manifests subconsciously, you know, every time that you actually face judgment and don't take action, you're reinforcing that belief that you're not good enough, but it's all happening in your subconscious, right? It's a neurosynaptic connection, a thought that's just firing and has fired thousands, if not millions of times in your life. So we got to kind of rewire that. We need to make a new empowering decision, something tied to confidence and self-worth that you are worth it you know, and start catching yourself saying, yeah, I did that. And that was awesome. Like, yeah, I'm really good at that. Right. Um, stop downselling every time you kind of like downsell yourself or, or say that was because of luck or, you know, we think we're being humble. We don't want to shine again. You're just making the cycle easier to repeat of not taking action and building down. So making an empowering decision out of that and stacking all the evidence and part of that evidence stacking is celebrating your wins and victories, okay? I think this is also, besides just taking action, which is sounds easy. No, it's actually really hard. If it were easy, everybody would do it. But one way to prime yourself and get that little bit of confidence to start taking some of those first actions is simply journaling and writing down your victories every day as a new habit. Okay. We don't make space for this. Okay. We don't take time to actually celebrate the good things that have happened, our own personal wins, our old personal victories. You know, for those listening that have been able to work with me as a coach in the group coaching or even on the one on one, you know, we start every session with celebrations. We bring in some really powerful energy to get people in a good state and just make space at that moment to recognize that. We do achieve, we achieve a shit ton in our life, but the brain won't bring that up as evidence, right? It's always looking in the future of like, okay, what's, what's not going to happen? You know, why is it not going to happen? What do I need to watch out for? Um, we don't make space sometimes to go back and look at like our victories. So this is something I do every day. 
you know, I teach this in the journaling and then this is my evening journal routine is gratitude, wins and goals. In fact, it always starts with wins. I have a book right by my bedside every night. This is a really great evening routine because I used to do reflective journaling and that was kind of a challenge and can be uh, cumbersome and take some energy when you're tired and you just want to go to bed. But to just write nine little bullets down every night takes less than five minutes. And I've maintained it as a consistent habit for almost a full year right now. And again, it's three wins, three gratitudes, three goals for the next day. The power of those all in the wins. Okay. Sitting down and looking at what I did that day. What was the celebration? What was a win? And from that, I don't have these little negative self-talk voices. I don't have things telling me, oh, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. All I have is this evidence of me kicking butt every day, of me having wins and victories every day. And that gives me that energy and motivation and ability to push past that fear to really cope with the imposter syndrome. Because I've kind of changed the beliefs that I hold about myself. And I know I'm worthy of love and success as I am, right? And even if there's still things I need to learn and grow, I'm going to learn and grow. I'm going to fail and I'm going to learn from that. I'm not afraid to fail. In fact, I'm looking for ways to fail because that's going to be the fastest way for me to grow, okay? I don't need to be perfect for others to approve of me. I know now that perfection doesn't even exist. Perfection isn't real. It's just a perception. And if I'm always striving for perfection, so much of my work, so much of my superpower, my creativity is not going to get out there. It's going to be held back waiting for things to be perfect, right? That just doesn't exist. So taking action, celebrating wins, overcoming your beliefs. Okay. Three really powerful steps to get past this imposter syndrome. If you want help with that, we got all kinds of great resources on the website, worklifemindset.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, this month, we'll be putting a lot of content out about, um, you know, taking action, imposter syndrome. We're on Instagram at Work Life Mindset. And on Facebook, you can find us. You can find me, Chris Stinson, as the page, but also in our Work Life Mindset group, where we do run some of these challenge courses for free from time to time. Uh, I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you all so much for tuning in. <music>